Hi, this is Linda, a.k.a. Mommy Powers, and you're listening to Mixed Blessings with Mommy Powers, the podcast. Today I wanted to um, just get touch back on a subject that I've already talked about before, which is my hair loss journey. Um, as I told you guys, um, female hair loss runs on my mom's side of the family. Um, a lot of my tias, that's Mexican for aunts, a lot of my tias have experienced hair loss. Uh, my great-grandmother's hair was very thin. And I have been... I used to have thick hair, like super-duper thick hair. I couldn't use any hair clips on it. My hair was just way too thick. The only thing I could use would be a scrunchie if I wanted to pull it back in a ponytail. Super, super thick hair. Uh, Back around 1998, 1999, I started noticing that my hair was getting thinner. started noticing a lot of hair falling out. And I know we lose, like, you know, upwards of 100 hairs a day. Our hair is constantly shedding and regrowing, but mine just didn't seem to be regrowing. It just seemed like it was shedding, and it wasn't bad. I mean, I still had tons of hair because I started out with so much, but within the past few months, I've noticed, like, a lot of hair loss, so much so that if I don't wash my hair every single day, and that's another thing, my hair is now really, really greasy, and it didn't used to be that way. So if I don't wash it every single day, you can see parts of my scalp. Because, I mean, the greasy hair sticks together. And you can just see parts of my scalp. If my hair is freshly washed and blow-dried, it's fine. You really can't tell anything. Unless I'm out on the wind or something, then you'll be able to see my super-duper pale scalp. Um, But yeah, it just seems like the hair loss has accelerated in the past few months and there have been major changes in my life the past few months um the end of june i found out that i have uh, diabetes type 2 and i'm on diabetes medication which is metformin i'm not on insulin and hopefully i'll never have to go on insulin i am um, trying to change my diet watch what i eat although I need to improve in that area greatly. And I've just started um, going to the gym, which is something 100% out of my comfort zone, something I've never done before. Today will actually be my second day at the gym. But I need to. I mean, I have to get in shape. I have to lose more weight. I've lost about 20 pounds since the end of June. I need to lose more weight. I need to get in shape. I need to build muscle. I need to get my blood glucose levels under control so that I can hopefully get off the metformin and not have to be on any type of diabetes medication. I certainly don't want to have to go on insulin. Um, So that was one major change in my life. And as you can imagine, I became very stressed out as a result of that diagnosis. I mean, I always knew it was a possibility that I could get diabetes. But 
to actually hear them say I had it just, it turned my world upside down. And it's still upside down. Um, I got super stressed out behind that diagnosis. And other things going on in my life put even more stress on me. As I've said in previous podcasts, I tend to worry. I'm a worrywart. I just, like, any, the tiniest little thing can go wrong or happen, and I will just worry and worry and worry myself sick about it. You know, I just play all the different scenarios in my head. What if this? What if that? Oh, my gosh, what if this? And it just, it gets out of control. So, I was super stressed out a couple of months ago. So much so that I had to, I had to pack a bag and go someplace that I could have some, where I could have some solitude and just de-stress and regroup and just get a hold of my emotions. And I did that. And I've been pretty good since then. Although I, I, I will say in the last couple of days, I feel myself getting stressed out again. There's just some things going on, you know, when you're a mom and married and working. And there's just lots of things that can go wrong and that can stress you out. And things that we as mothers worry about as far as our children are concerned. And just life in general. So I am in the parking lot of the gym right now as I speak to you, but I just wanted to touch on something else because I I shared with you guys that I'm trying some products that are supposed to help regrow my hair. I know, I know, it's probably snake oil, so I haven't even mentioned the name of the product, but as a woman, at least for me, I don't want to be bald. I don't want to lose all my hair. I don't want to have to wear a wig. I mean, if I have to, then I have to. But I figure, I mean, I'm using this stuff. I'm shampooing with it. I have to shampoo my hair anyways, so I'll go ahead and try this product. The person that sold it to me um, is also using it on her father-in-law, and he has seen hair growth. Um, He's been on it for about five months. And he has seen hair growth, and I've seen the pictures. So I do have a small glimmer of hope that it might work for me. Hopefully it will. If it doesn't, I'll probably try something like Minoxol or Rogaine. Um, I said I didn't want to try those things because I know they're, like, really, really greasy. But once again, I don't want to be bald. So I was doing some research online trying to see because I am just have this feeling that my medication that I'm on for diabetes has contributed to my hair loss. And I did some reading, and there were some things saying that metformin has caused hair loss in some people, and some people even chimed in and said, yeah, as a matter of fact, that used to be one of the side effects listed for the medication. It used to say may cause hair loss, and it doesn't say that anymore. So I don't know why they removed that warning, but it's 
probably, I don't know what it is. It could be just the fact that female pattern hair loss runs in my family. It could be just that. It could be the medication that I'm on. It could be the combination of both. Or, I just found this out today, it could be the diabetes. See, but I've been losing hair since before I became diabetic, so that leads me to believe it's partially genetic. But I went online to diabetesstrong.com, and I just want to read this article to you. It's called Diabetes and Hair Loss Causes and, Tre Causes and Treatment Options. Uh, this article is from November of 2018 by Ginger Vieta. As people with diabetes were often warned about the effects diabetes could potentially have on our eyes, fingers, and toes. But what about our hair? Diabetes and hair loss is a common yet rarely discussed issue. I had no idea diabetes could contribute to hair loss. What the heck? Why aren't people talking about this? <sighs> Okay, back to the article. Perhaps because it's quickly dismissed as vanity or because it's embarrassing to publicly talk about balding areas of your scalp, whether you're a man or a woman. Hair thinning and hair loss can come with a degree of shame because hair contributes to our feelings of beauty, femininity, and masculinity. This article will explain the common causes and treatments for diabetes and hair loss. Oh, jeez. Common causes of hair loss in people with diabetes. High blood glucose levels. Just like the rest of our body, high blood sugar levels can impact the health of your hair follicles too. High blood sugar levels damage small blood vessels, explained Dr. Maiden or Madden, dermatologist at Northwell Health Hunting Hospital in New York. This damage to the blood vessels leads to less oxygen and fewer nutrients reaching the hair follicles, which can cause hair to become thinner. Those damaged blood vessels can also cause your hair to lose its luster, appearing more brittle and dried out because it isn't getting the nutrients from your bloodstream that it needs. Thyroid issues. Anyone with type 1 or type 2 diabetes should have their thyroid levels checked once per year to ensure they aren't developing hypo or hyperthyroid disease, especially women and patients with type 1 diabetes. Hypothyroidism is an autoimmune disease that can cause significant hair loss. Being treated for hypothyroid or hyperthyroid traditionally involves taking specific medications to bring thyroid hormone levels back to normal, which in turn should prevent further hair loss and help with hair regrowth. Research continues to demonstrate that a gluten-free diet has a significant impact on patients struggling with hypothyroidism, which would help reduce consequences like hair loss. A recent small study in Poland on women with hypothyroidism concluded that results suggest that the gluten-free diet may bring clinical benefits to women with autoimmune thyroid disease. The most obvious explanation for this is that gluten is a known cause of inflammation, and inflammation exacerbates any autoimmune disease. Anemia. While anemia doesn't pertain specifically to people with diabetes, it's one of the most common causes of hair loss for anyone. Anemia is characterized by low levels of iron in the blood, is easily tested in your annual lab work, and is usually easy to treat with an iron supplement. While the most common form of anemia is simply iron deficiency, it's still critical talk. It's still critical talk 
okay? I think there's a comma missing here or something. It's still critical. Talk to your doctor because there are several causes of anemia that can be far more serious and should be treated with far more than consuming more iron. For those with blood work showing a basic deficiency of iron, the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics says the best source of iron include lean beef, oysters, chicken, turkey, beans, lentils, tofu, dark leafy greens like spinach, cashews, and potatoes. Alopecia areata? areata? I'm not familiar with that word there, A-R-E-A-T-A. Like type 1 diabetes, alopecia is an autoimmune disease where the body system is attacking its own tissue. This can lead to an attack on growing cells and hair follicles in the scalp, eyebrows, eyelashes, and everywhere else on the body. I have also noticed my eyebrows have gotten thinner over the past few years. Back to the article. For some, alopecia can be treated to the point of maintaining a full head of hair, but the treatment options aren't simple. The American Academy of Dermatology says you'll likely need a small outpatient biopsy by removing a small piece of skin and examining it, along with a few strands of hair under a microscope. The most aggressive treatment option for alopecia is an immunosuppressant drug class, known as corticosteroids administered topically or via injection directly into the scalp. Ouch! But they come with serious side effects and aren't ideal for many. There's also a slightly less aggressive treatment, anthralin, A-N-T-H-R-A-L-I-N, that is applied topically and affects only the skin's immune system rather than the entire body's immune system. Read about other treatments specifically for alopecia at the AAD. Treating hair loss in people with diabetes. Depending on the cause of your hair loss, there are quite a few things you can do to not only prevent further thinning and balding, but also help hair regrow in affected areas. Your A1C and blood sugar management. First and foremost, improving your blood sugar levels is critical. Following the American Diabetes Association's recommendations of an HbA1c at or below 7, I think mine is at like 11, I think. Yeah, it's up there. At or below 7% will improve the health of your entire body and prevent further development of any diabetes complications, including hair loss. For patients able to be more aggressive about blood sugar management, an A1C under 6.5% is going to have an even greater impact on preventing damage to small and large blood vessels. An A1C of 7% is an average blood sugar level of 154 milligrams slash DL. Use this easy calculator to determine what your current A1C translates to as a blood sugar level. Each patient should consider with their healthcare team what is a realistically appropriate goal for them. Patients with hypoglycemia unawareness, for example, may find that aiming for an A1C under 6.5% increases their risk of low blood sugars too much and isn't sustainable or safe. Patients who struggle to stay in their goal blood sugar range without frequent low blood sugars would have a good reason to keep their A1C closer to 7% rather than 6.5 for the sake of safety. Remember, improving your blood sugar levels in A1C isn't just about correcting high blood sugars more often, but on preventing them first through a combination of increasing medication doses, reducing the processed food in your diet, getting more exercise, and increasing the amount of whole, real food in your diet. For tips on improving your own A1C, read Diabetes, Diabetes Strong, 
Complete Guide to Lowering Your A1C. For tips on improving your nutrition, read Diabetes Strong's No Carb, Low Carb, or Moderate Carb, which is best for diabetes. Over-the-counter hair loss treatments, vitamin supplements. Taking a, taking a biotin supplement or vitamin B complex vitamin will help increase the rate of hair growth, but it won't necessarily address hair loss if the underlying, underlying cause is high blood sugars, anemia, or other autoimmune disease like alopecia or hypothyroidism. Be sure to rule out other causes before spending a lot of money on hair loss supplements and treatments. Rogaine. Diabetics can always use Rogaine to help decrease hair loss, explained Dr. Madden. Rogaine works by way of the antihypertensive vasodilator medication known as minoxidil topical aerosol in foam or liquid form. Originally used in high blood pressure medications, it's applied directly to the scalp twice per day and can lead to great results for some. You have to keep using it, however, to continue maintaining that hair growth. For those it doesn't work for, the cause of hair loss may be related to something else, like another autoimmune disease, which is why it's critical to talk to a dermatologist before pursuing any treatment plan. Avoid things like putting hair in tight braids and avoiding chemical relaxers will also keep hair follicles strong and healthy, said Dr. Madden. In addition to chemical relaxers, if you currently color your hair, which I do, working with a stylist or using an all-natural and organic brand will cause significantly less damage. Bleaching your hair in general is going to strip it of moisture and health and certainly isn't going to help combat hair loss. A tip, you can buy Costco's. More aggressive treatment options. Injections of immunosuppressive drugs. Injections of corticosteroids by a board-certified dermatologist can help decrease the autoimmune attacks and slow down hair from falling out, explained Dr. Madden. But again, this will only help if the cause of your hair loss is indeed related to your immune system attacking the cells on your scalp. Platelet-rich plasma, PRP, blood draws. PRP treatments are the newest treatment available for hair loss, Dr. Madden added. Basically, a patient's blood is drawn and spun down. The platelet-rich plasma is then extracted. It contains growth factors which can help stimulate the delivery of oxygen and nutrients to hair follicles. Okay, um, but it doesn't say what they do with that platelet-rich plasma. Maybe they rub it into your scalp, apply it to your scalp. I don't know. I'll have to look that up going on. Hair transplants or follicle transplants. While this may seem like the ideal permanent treatment, it's not only expensive, it's simply the appropriate treatment for some patients. Hair transplants or follicle transplants may not be a long-term long fix, explained Dr. Madden. Since blood vessels can be damaged by persistent high blood sugar levels, the blood vessels may not be able to support the follicles after a transplant, which can lead to a failed transplant. In other words, don't go this route unless you've ruled out issues like hypothyroidism or alopecia and when you're ready and willing to improve your overall diabetes management, including your nutrition and exercise too. Finasteride, Propecia, for men only. This drug, Finasteride, brand name Propecia, is used in men to treat 
two different issues, enlarged prostate and male pattern hair loss. Women should not take it. Finasteride treats BPH by blocking the body's production of a male hormone that causes the prostate to enlarge, explains Medline. Finasteride treats male pattern hair loss by blocking the body's production of a male hormone in the scalp that stops hair growth. It's in pill form taken twice per day with or without a meal. While hair loss is a frustrating struggle for anyone, those of us with diabetes have an extreme extra heap of responsibility when it comes to trying to improve the health of our hair. Daily blood sugar management isn't easy, but perhaps the goal of a thicker mop of hair on your head is just the motivation you need to make some necessary changes to your diabetes habits. And that is the end of the article. So yes, not only can my hair loss be attributed to genetics, since hair loss in women runs on my mom's side of the family, it can possibly be attributed to the medication I'm on, metformin, which used to have a warning on the box or on the label that hair loss is possible. It could also be attributed to the extreme level of stress I've been under the past. I got cut off, sorry. I think I left off with saying it can be attributed to the extreme level of stress I've been under for the past few months. Now I'm finding out that it could also be because I'm diabetic. I didn't know this. Diabetes can lead to hair loss. So... I used to think that diabetes was just something that affected what you could eat, um, that you couldn't have any more sugar, no desserts, and that was it. You know, if you had sugar, if you had desserts, your blood glucose levels would go up, that was bad, and you had to be on insulin. And if you injured your foot, uh, you'd have to take very good care of it because gangrene could set in, your foot could turn black, and they might have to amputate your foot or your leg. That is all I knew about diabetes. And quite frankly, I'm embarrassed and ashamed. What I'm finding out is that diabetes can affect every single system in your body. Everything. From your heart to your organs, the rest of your organs, your skin, how you feel, your temperament, evidently your hair, just everything. So if you have not been tested for diabetes, um, please get tested. If you have any of the symptoms of diabetes, if you're tired all the time, if you're thirsty all the time, which I wasn't thirsty all the time, I, I can go all day without drinking anything, which is really bad. Um, if you're urinating frequently, um, tingling feet, pain in your feet, tingling hands, um, I think even itching, a lot of itching, please, 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 and especially if you have a family history of diabetes, please get checked out. It affects so many things, and you don't want to be where I'm at right now. Okay, I am signing out. This is Linda, a.k.a. Mommy Powers. Thank you for listening to Mixed Blessings with Mommy Powers.
podcast. Take care of yourself until next time, and have yourself a great day. Bye-bye.